Okay, so, okay, so, okay, so, can the natives speak? Let, let, let the natives speak. You, you are now on the block with the natives. We got the receipts. Yeah, y'all can play. This is a barbershop. I'm right here. I'm at the barbershop. And I keep the same energy every time. The same energy. What's good, y'all? Welcome to Native Speaks. I'm your boy, I mean, Hudson. What's up? What's up? I'm Jay Parker. My boy Jay Parker. And this is Native Speaks, where we discuss art, culture, theology, while giving a voice to the voiceless. You heard? Let's go. So, man, today we really want to uh, to get into a topic that I think is important um, because, as some of you guys may may or may not know, um, a, a, a rapper that a lot of people loved mm-hmm. um, actually died of overdose. I think that was last week. His name was Mac Miller. Yeah, last Friday. Yeah, last Friday. And um, Mac Miller um, was found in his apartment in California, um, you know, dead uh, from an overdose. And the thing about Mac Miller was um, something that I actually didn't know is that he had been struggling with substance abuse for a very long time. Yeah. Right? Um, And so I guess the the substance abuse really kind of got the best of him and um, ended up taking his life. And uh, one of the things that I I think about when it comes to substance abuse is I think about how we use it a lot of the times, and we, I'm talking about the human race, to kind of cope with pain that is going on in our life, whether it's Mm. to numb pain or whether it's to try to experience some kind of form of escapism from from pains in in, in which we are feeling. And uh, we kind of use it to mask mask what's going on in life. and I have no doubt that Mac Miller was probably in that same, you know, kind of running down that same vein. You know yeah, what man. I mean? Um, yeah. But uh, what do you what 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 are some of the things that you think just initially hearing about Mac Miller's passing, um, hearing about the substance abuse, especially you being a counseling major? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know, we have a counselor on the show, and uh, <laughs> almost uh, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Jay Parker. Um, but no, um, what are the kind of things that you think about and, and how, what are, what are some of the things that you think of, of that's of kind of us, like people using substance abuse to mask certain things that are happening in life or to escape it? Man, it's, you know, the whole Mac Miller thing is really sad. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it speaks to a bigger problem within not only hip hop, but just in general, Uh the, the world that we live in. Right. Um, I think substance abuse is just a facet. Um, of addiction. So, like, there are tons of things that people are addicted to, whether it is substances, alcohol. Um, I have a friend who is addicted to running. And and some people think, oh, you know, that's really healthy. Yeah, that's healthy. It can be very damaging to your body. Like, you Mm -hmm. can really hurt yourself. Um, but the person, that's how they keep in control. That's how wow. they thats how they deal with issues. When they have issues, they just run. And um, that's kind of poetic. Like, you're running yeah. away from your issues. Right, escaping. right, right. Um, but, man, it's, it always speaks to the idea of us trying to deal with the world that it, as it is uh-huh. um, and not having an answer for it. Right. And so, like, when we're hurting, when we're longing, um, usually those longings are good, uh-huh. and then they get kind of misconstrued. Um, as time goes on. So like um, Mac Miller and his substance abuse, I mean, he was looking for, I mean, anything. I mean, we could say he was looking for anything. Right. He probably was looking for an escape from the pain. Yeah. Um, And we know as believers that there's only one source that we can run to um, that is going to help us with that, Uh you know? Um, 
so speaking of him, I mean, it's just really, it really is sad. Substances are, are a beast. Right. Uh, when I worked for DCF, I had to deal with parents who had substance abuse issues. Uh-huh. And I've had parents die on cases, you know, where they, wow. they've used um, and they end up dying. They overdose. And it's really sad because you're just interacting with this person maybe a week ago. Right. And a week later, they're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... It's scary, you know. People don't people don't realize how much addiction affects your brain. Right. So like it changes. It, it changes. It, it even it changes switches. the chemicals in your brain. It changes the way you relate with people. It changes the way that you perceive uh, conflict. It changes the way that you perceive even joy, even happiness. The only way that you can accomplish those things is by running back to those things that you once experienced, right. which is people use drugs to accomplish that. Right. People use alcohol to accomplish that, and some people use running to control things yeah you know? I, th- I think that what what you're getting at is good because you the thing about addiction is that i think that as christians when we think about addiction we always think about bad stuff hard stuff like drug addiction mm-hmm. porn addiction mm-hmm. um uh, uh alcohol um alcoholism those are the things that we think about but we don't think about how we that there's so many other addictions like running uh one of your addictions could be video games yeah. uh, as a form of escapism um another another addiction could be um, it, it it could it could be any number of things. You can it could be binge watching binge, Netflix, binge watching Netflix, you reading books. I mean, it, 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 ignore it, everything around you. Yes, or? whatever you can use to escape. And I think that the the core problem is that. The, 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 the thing that we recognize is that we are living in a fallen world, right? The Bible makes it very clear that the world has been fallen since we had our father, Adam, disobey God and eat the fruit, right? Yep. <laughs> and um, ever since then, the world has kind of been doing a, um, a plunge into uh, just fallenness and decay, and and not only just decay as in the physical world, but even us as humans, we're decaying in a sense that it's very morbid to think about. But every day when we wake up, we're kind of getting closer and closer to, to, to death. death. Um, but in a, in, in a very real way, we also see that the world is not as it should be, that there there mm. are problems that are happening and there are pains that, and when I mean, when I'm talking about problems that are happening, I'm not just talking about like socio-political issues and stuff like that. I'm talking about when you observe your own life, mm-hmm. I think that the majority of us could be honest and say things are not the way that they should be, right? Um, I we, we have health problems. We have uh, problems with uh, just even death in a family. We have issues with with uh, with relation. We have relationship, interpersonal relationship issues, and brokenness there. Yep. Um, and there's a, a a myriad of different things in which we experience hardship and darkness in the world. I think about Jesus telling believers. He said that um, he one of the things that I think was actually um, something that is noteworthy is that one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples in the Gospels was, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good joy for I have overcome the world. Yes. And, I, and I like that Jesus has told his followers that you will have tribulation, that there will be trouble in this world. Um, and I think about how the Bible talks about that there are various trials that can, that can even impact us as Christians that Peter says um, in 1 Peter 4.12, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes to you to test you as if something were wrong, right? Or something as something strange were happening to you, yeah. but rejoice insofar that you share in Christ's sufferings. And Peter is making it very clear that even as Christians, that you are going to have a hardship that is going to come upon you and don't look at it as something strange. It is to be expected. So um, I think that as Christians, though, 
a lot of the times we also even have ways of trying to deal with our pain and deal with our suffering that is not necessarily conducive to our spiritual relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, And for Mac Miller, that may have been something like drug abuse. But for Christians or not even even non-Christians, it could be something that looks far more innocuous and harmless than drugs. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the thing that we want to ask ourselves is what and how do we cope with the darkness in this world. And I think about how we are, as Christians, we are also um, subject to experience pain and hardship and depression and darkness and and, and disappointment in our life. Yeah. I think that if um, a lot of us are honest as Christians and as adults, I think that for some of us, we are dealing with disappointment in the fact that we have not become what we thought that we would be as adults. I think that for millennials, especially, that that is a an issue that we have, yeah. um, especially millennial Christians, that we feel like we are not where we thought we would be at the age that we thought we would be, right? <laughs> and um, so I think that that causes disappointment, but that also can cause darkness and heaviness and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, those are just some of the things that I think about. One thing that uh, John Piper said a long time ago is he said, um, for a lot of us, we are going to have to wake up in the morning and uh, recognize that our life is not what we hoped that it would be. Mm. And we are going to have to cry and weep about the life that we wish that we had, that we thought that we would have. Mm. And we would have to really commiserate the death of what we thought we would be. Yeah. And we're going to have to wipe our eyes and get up and trust God. Mm. And uh, I think that that makes it sound a little bit easier than it really is. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never It's very simplistic, yeah, yeah. Um, to to just wipe your Your eyes eyes and get up and trust God. But a lot of us would say, what does that mean? Right, you know, like, what does that look like? I mean, it's Um, death. Right. You quoted it as a death of the life that you thought you'd have. Right. There's a grieving process for death. Yes, and yeah, so, <laughs> I think that it would. Go. I think that would be healthy, actually, yeah. for some of us as Christians sometimes to actually be able to have a grieving process over mm. um, disappointment that we that 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 we have. Um, and I think that, uh, I, uh, and not only disappointment that we have, but the pains that we have in life. Um, for if if it's health problems, if it's anything like that, one of the things that I think that. As, as believers that we should be is we should be honest and real about our pain, mm. which I feel like a lot of the times we're not because we just use Christianese to mask it. Yeah. Right? Yep. So how do you feel about that? Because <laughs> this is what I was going to say is that I think that a lot of the times us as Christians, we use even scripture mm-hmm. and a bunch of Christian cliche language to mask our pain. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it never gets dealt with. Yep. So how you do it? So if somebody comes up to you at church and you're like, "How you doing, brother?" Oh, praise God, blessed and highly favored. I'm doing good, brother. But you're not though. No. You're yeah. in pain. So I think that um, one of the things that we're asking ourselves in this episode is how do we as Christians confront and deal with and cope with the pain of living in a fallen world mm-hmm. as Christians? Yeah. Right. Yeah, but man. yeah, I was just gonna say to you, how do, how do you feel about you know? us being able to wade into the waters of pain and darkness as believers. You know what's interesting? Um, I've always thought this, and I've I've talked with other people about it, Mm -hmm. Um, this idea of authenticity. Mm. And there's a holiness about authenticity. Like, um, you cannot 
um, claim holiness and not be authentic. Wow. And I think Jesus calls us to be authentic. There's a way in which when Jesus encounters people, when he interacts with people, there's a way in which their mask can't hold water. They, 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 they can't be there anymore. Right. Um, the lady at the well is an example. Right. You know, like the, the, this idea of who you are, the idea of the person that you present can no longer be present um, in the presence of Jesus. And I think that when it comes to believers, he's calling us to wade that way. Right. And sometimes taking off that mask means dealing with those pains, means oh. entering into uh, hardship, entering into those uncomfortable places. Um, I have friends who, who have seen me in those kinds of places, who have right. seen me in the depths um, of despair. Right. You know, David in the depths of right. despair. Like right, right. people have, are consistently there due to the, whether it's their action, the consequences of their actions or the world that we live in. Um, we find ourselves in need of grief. We right. find ourselves in need of love. We find ourselves in need of acceptance. Um, and in this in particular, uh, when it comes to this subject, I think it's it is what it is, right. you know, um, and it, it's funny. I talked about this during my interview for uh, Wish You Enough when I talked about the project, right, yes. um, the quote from Sherlock uh-huh. and the two characters interacting with one another. And, and um, he's telling him, like, I did this horrible thing and I can't change it. And I feel horrible about it. And I have nothing else. And, like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Right. And um, Sherlock is responding like, you know, it's OK. And he goes, no, it's not. Yeah. He's feeling the weight. He yes. understands the weight. He understands. Uh, the seriousness and Sherlock says you're right it isn't but it is what it is right so now we have to start moving towards grief accepting accepting the fact that we can't control the things of this world just as much as we can control you know our hearts beating yep Um, and if we attempt to control those things if we attempt to um, subjugate our emotions to false realities or, or false pretenses or thoughts, um, we only do a disservice to ourselves. We do a disservice to those around us. And honestly, I don't think that it's pleasing to God. Right. I, I think that it's sinful um, to wear those masks to avoid wading in the water. Right. Um, because Christ calls us to that. Christ yes. calls us to the water. Right. Um, and yeah, man, I, I think it's crazy. Yeah, I think it's... it's um I, I think that all of us experience pain and all of us experience darkness. Um, the Bible actually makes it very clear. I think about uh, what it actually says in Matthew five forty nine, um, and I think how it talks of uh, just how Matthew five forty nine talks about how the sun shines on the just and the unjust, but the rain also comes on the just and mm. on the unjust. So one of the things that I think that the, us as humans, the human experience, how it connects us all together, is that we all feel pain. Yeah. Um, the question is not about whether we're going to suffer. The question is not whether we're going to feel pain. The question is not whether or not we're going to experience hardship. The question is, what do we do about it? What do we mm-hmm. do in it? I think um, and I think that as us as Christians, um, we are called, as Joel said, to authenticity. And one mm-hmm. of the things about authenticity is that authenticity is very hard because it makes you vulnerable. Um, And I think that it makes you take off the mask, which is something that Jesus constantly did with people, because you can't hide your heart and you can't hide um, 
the state in which you are in from God. Yeah, God not already from knows. God. Exactly. Not from people. So that's why you see <laughs> the psalmist in Psalm 42 saying, why are you downcast, O my soul? Mm-hmm. You know, hope in God. Um, why you see uh, uh, the psalmist saying, God, where are you? Are you asleep? Why have you forsaken me? All day mm-hmm. long, my tears have been, my tears have been bottled up and um, and I feel like you are not here. There is darkness in which we experience as believers and I think that it would be um, it would behoove us to actually wade into that in a way in which we are not hopeless, mm-hmm. but that we can be authentic about where we are. And, yes. um, and that the thing about one of the things that I always um, I, I think about when I have conversations with people that I've gotten to share the gospel with is that one of the places that I feel like I've always gotten to start is that we are all experiencing pain, bro. Yeah. We are all, we are all, we all can look around at this world and say things are not the way that they should be. Mm. And, um, and we can all see that there's pain, that there's suffering, that there's pain and suffering that we go through, but that there is hope. First of all, there's a reason that things are the way that they are, but mm-hmm. that there's hope in the midst of all of this. And that hope is that we have a God who also understands this pain and this suffering and this darkness. We have a God that who came down in the form of, uh, who, who, who was he came down and wrapped himself in human flesh. And not only did he experience pain and darkness, but he experienced humiliation. Mm-hmm. And, and he understands what it's like to be on the, on the, on the receiving end of, 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 evil of discrimination of injustice mm-hmm. right um and not only that but he understands what it's like to be in pain to be um in a place of darkness in a place of loneliness you have a a a a, a lord who had his who had disciples forsake him mm-hmm. when he needed them the most yeah right um talk about friends dipping talking on about you. friends dipping on you right <laughs> you, got, you got peter dipping out like no nah, i don't know that cat bro um and then and then you you know you kind of had uh, you were you're you're accused of this crime in which you have not committed. Mm. Um, the sins of the world are literally placed on you, literally. Um, yeah. So you are bearing sins that you didn't commit, um, and uh, and then and receiving punishment for something that you didn't do. So we have a Lord that is that that can sympathize with our pain. But I think that it would it would behoove us as believers to really be able to wade into that as you as you said, yeah. um, and to really be able to deal with those things. And 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 one of the ways I think that uh, we actually deal with pain and hardship is that we have to have a community of people that are around us Absolutely. that we trust with our dirt yeah and that we tr- that we our can messiness. actually yeah with our messiness that we can actually be real around without our pain being dismissed yeah um and i think that that is one of the things that is super helpful for us in the midst of these dark places um that it's not just about just take it to the lord but one of the ways in which we do take it to the lord is through our community absolutely yeah. right what yeah. so how do you feel and about our, that our community is um you know it's funny i have a i have a great community i love all my friends right me too um, man yeah man yeah. really good, good <laughs> man doc um who love jesus and one of the things that's funny uh last week i um i was in a part of i'm part of a discipleship group uh-huh. over in Port Richie, where I live at. Right. And um, during the discipleship group, one of the leaders was like, hey, you know, I get that we want to read this book. Like there was a book that we're going through uh, together and stuff. And we usually discuss like the chapters and our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was like, you know what? Today, I just, today's not a good day, man. Yeah. You know, today's not a good day for me. Um, And he shared what was going on with him, but not just shared what was going on with him. Like he wanted others 
thoughts on it. Like he he invited everyone in mm-hmm. to kind of sit with him right. at this during what was going on with him. Um, and that that is a display of true strength. That's right. a display of of really wading in the water. It's, it's right. going to this place that I don't want to go. I, I, I'm feeling pain here. Um, but I feel like if I go here with my brothers, I can I can endure it. I can I can sit with it. Um, Christ, I mean, it, it, he's shown us the way. Like right. it, he's shown us the way. Um, and it's tremendously beneficial, tremendously essential. Um, and I would say, I, I mean, essential and beneficial are the best definitions for right. it. It's absolutely needed um, for believers to have community, especially during their struggles, right. you know, and sometimes, you know, you want community and you try to force it on yeah, people uh-huh. and that that's bad because, yeah. you know, some people, they, they can't, they, that's just not how they're built. Right. You know, like uh, you look to people to satisfy something for you that doesn't, that shouldn't be satisfied. Right. Um, but there are tremendous benefits to having a community and people you trust that are looking out for your better, your betterment, looking out for you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I find that when I speak with unbelievers, even about the gospel, like, one of their core things is that they feel alone. Right. Like not only do they feel pain, they feel alone and they don't have people that they truly, yeah. truly trust and can lean into um, that are not only going to tell them the good things about themselves, but are going to say, hey, that's kind of crappy. This is bad. Yeah. Like that's bad. Like you shouldn't do that. That's, yeah. not, that's not good for you. Yeah. It's like, not healthy for you. And have the difficult conversations with them. Um, I've had people ask me questions that were really difficult. Yeah. Like, you know, why don't people like me? And, right. And you're sitting there like, you kind of, you kind of are a jerk. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't yeah. know what else to tell you. Yeah, like, you I know, know like, I, I want to be kind to you and I want to like, you know, kind of patent you there, right. but that's not, it's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to be honest with you. Right. And hopefully in the honesty, people can grow and mature and they benefit from it. Um, but when it, in specific, when it comes to pain and the feeling of, um, abandonment or loneliness, isolation is the biggest killer. Right. I, I mean, it just, it, it demolishes you because when you're isolated, that's when you're looking for those things that are going to fix your pain uh-huh. that aren't really healthy, right. they're not healthy for you. They're not good for you. Yeah. Um, and it's sad, you know, I, you know, when I heard about Mac Miller, um, I was at work and one of my coworkers, um, said it and I noticed one of my other coworkers was crying Mm -hmm. and I'd asked what was going on and they had mentioned that Mac Miller had passed away and she really, really cared about him. Um, she, she idolized him almost, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, all I could say was, you know, that's, that's really sad. Like I, you know, I didn't know Mac Miller. I I don't know Mac Miller from, from here to anyone else. Um, but death is, is something to be grieved. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Um, and it's really sad when someone, that young dies so tragically. Right. Um, I, I remember, didn't he do like an interview and he talked about like, yeah, that overdosing. He like talked, yeah, that's, that was like a that. really eerie part because um, right before Matt Miller died, number one, right before he died, Vulture, uh, which is this, um, this really big publication, music publication, did a really good profile on him. It was literally like two days before he, he overdosed. Mm. And because uh, he hasn't, he had a new album coming out. His album it actually came out got that released. Monday yeah. and then he overdosed yeah. on that Friday. I think, yeah, right, yeah. right. So, um, and then, and then the video, there was video that surfaced of Mac Miller doing an interview and he was talking about how celebrities that die of an overdose are not remembered. That is such a shameful way to die and mm. how he doesn't want to die that way. And, Ironically, that's exactly the way that he died, um, and I think um, the the I think that the thing is is that there are a lot of Mac Millers out here um, mm. that 
not are just when I say Mac Millers, I'm not talking about people that are just addicted to substance like substances and drugs. I'm talking about that there are a lot of Mac Millers out there, even in some of your guys' Christian communities, you may be a Mac mm-hmm. Miller who's fighting and waiting through darkness and 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 looking for a way to cope. Yeah. And um and I think that um one of the ways that we that we are strengthened in the midst of times like this, like Joel said, it's not only community, um, but I think also is it, it not only just like a community, but a community that will really point you to Jesus um, without dismissing your pain. Yeah. Um, because not like Job's friends. Yeah, not like Job's <laughs> friends, not like, like Job's friends that will come in and say, "All right, we'll, we'll sit with you here for a couple hours." But and I'm, I'm getting tired, when, man. When yeah, are you gonna, dude, when, when are you going to get out of this darkness? When are you going to yeah. stop being depressed? Uh, and then now it's been three days. It's you been three be days, bro. So now it's not really that you're in darkness something you did something wrong you've sinned mm-hmm. uh what have you done and um why are you still here why aren't you trusting god there's a lot of a lot of um uh, uh ways that i think that christians can also dismiss other christians pain yeah um so you, that's just as sinful as hiding it it's just as sinful as yes yeah, just yeah, as sinful as hiding is. it and that's why i think that we also we we've talked about this on several episodes but we have to have more episodes around how we as christians should help minister to people who are in pain mm. um and one of the ways is not just spit scripture at them and think that they don't have faith because they're they're in darkness and and stuff like that yeah. but um there are ways that we can encourage people out of darkness and and coax people out of that darkness uh, lovingly without dismissing their pain. Um, But I think that uh, um, another good way to go about it is counseling. I have been to counseling. I honestly believe that every Christian, if you can, should go to counseling. Counseling is not just reserved for people that are uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be un- I'm not gonna be PC here for people that other people think are crazy. That's I, I don't like that term, but yeah. for people, counseling is not just reserved for people that have mental health issues. Counseling True. is just as you are getting checkups on your health as you should be. If you're not, you should be going to the doctor and getting checkups regularly on your body. You should be getting a checkup on your mind, and Absolutely. that's what counseling is for. So I think that counseling is a very, very good um, resource that I think Christians should use. And I think that if you can, go to a, a good Christian counselor. Um, and yeah, and uh, and he knows one of his one of his closest friends is a counselor that I've gone to named yes. Fred Feliciano. Fred. He's amazing. Yes. Uh, I've sat in his counseling office and cried. <laughs> I've sat in his counseling Me office yes, <laughs> and been encouraged. Yeah, um, but we need it because uh, uh, this is the thing. A lot of the times us as Christians, we don't even know that we are dealing with pain and darkness that we are burying until somebody is able to excavate it yeah. out of our hearts and unearth it. Yep. And, um, and it informs a lot of the stuff that we do. But if you are in a place of darkness, number one, you have to tell somebody. Number two, yes. counseling is something that you should consider, but you have to be able to get with some leaders that could really be able to help you. And um, yeah, don't go to some random counselor. Don't go to some random counselor, just... man, or, <laughs> or even some random brother, because every Christian is not is that not is... a good person to go to with that, that stuff either. True. Yeah. Um, so I think that um, w- like we we have to be encouraged that um, the Lord made it very clear that. Uh, we will have tribulation and we will have trouble in this world, but we could be of good cheer for God has overcome. Jesus has overcome this world. Amen. That there is a fallenness that we're all going to feel. The Bible says that creation is groaning, waiting for redemption. Our bodies are groaning and waiting for redemption. Hmm. This earth is groaning and waiting for redemption. When God says that it's creation that groans, it's not just talking about us as creation. It's talking about the earth, earth everything. everything. It, animals, plants, the world is, is, is subject 
to fall in this because we are living in a broken and fallen it's world. Waiting, it's redemption. It's, it's awaiting, yes. Like everything restored. is awaiting redemption and restoration, and we are too, and we can feel it. We can feel the pain of redemption is not here, and I feel hopeless. But this is the thing: redemption is coming. Mm. And 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 we can take heart in that redemption is coming. I think about what Paul says when he says that these these tribulations that we're dealing with right now, what Paul talks about, believe in Romans, is nothing co- to be compared to the joy that is coming. But I know that in the moments of darkness, it doesn't feel like that. It mm. feels like what Paul says doesn't matter. It feels like what what God said in His Word doesn't matter. It feels like you are in the darkest and lowest place that you can absolutely be. But mm. please, please, please tell someone. Yes. Do not isolate yourself. Um, there are people out there that can help you. Um, I think about what b- the Bible says in Proverbs 18.1. It talks about um, that whoever isolates himself seeks out his own desire and rebels against all sound judgment. And one of the things about isolating yourself is that when you when it's just you, yourself, and yourself, me, myself, and I, mm-hmm. everything sounds like a good idea, right? <laughs> so so not going to church sounds like a good idea. You're right. Um, not uh, going to Bible study in, in, in my small groups and my cell groups sounds like a good mm-hmm. idea. Uh, not, not telling anybody what I'm going through sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Um, instead of instead of being able to be real with somebody and and tell them what I'm going through and seeking the Lord, just going home and binge watching Netflix or shows or binge eating mm-hmm. or looking at porn or mm-hmm. or going to the club or drinking, all of that sounds like an amazing idea when you are by yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have community that that is there to be able to encourage you. I, I think about what it says. I believe in Hebrews when it says that that do not neglect the meeting of yourselves together, so that we may be able to encourage one another all the more as we see mm-hmm. the day coming. The reason that mm-hmm. it says that we need to encourage one another is because be, living in a fallen world, saying that we need to encourage each other daily, implies that daily we are going to be facing discouragement. And that means that we can move into a place of darkness daily. Mm-hmm. So we need to be encouraged. But um, the question is, what are you looking for to escape? Um, and what are you banking on in order to move away from the pain that you are in? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that, that that is the question. And the thing is, once we are able to confront those things, we are able to actually get help. And uh, it was crazy because before this, we were actually talking to one of our, our friends off camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about how Robin Williams, as we know, you know, Robin Williams had a tragic suicidal end as well. Um, but yeah. he was talking about how Robin Williams had... Um, he was dealing with issues of substance abuse and one of his friends, uh, uh, a famous actor, was dealing with the same issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, Robin Williams was talking about how he came over um, one of his friend's house the one night, this one night, and he was over there partying. Um, his friend was partying and they were doing drugs and his friend was just so messed up on drugs that he couldn't even really stand. He couldn't really do anything. And uh, when Robin Williams saw his friend like that, he was like, I'm not doing this. And, yeah. and he kind of left his friend's house and, and went back home. And the next morning, he got a call that his friend that he did, that he did see at the party that night died. Um, and he overdosed. Yeah. And uh, that is the point that Robin Williams was like, no more, no more substance abuse for me. And he ended up quitting substance yeah. abuse. Um, and we know later on, he kind of had the problems with alcohol. But that was the thing that made him really sober up about drug use. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I think about... Uh, I think about Scott Storch too, um, a famous hip hop producer who actually now, if you know, he's kind of really fallen from grace. He was he was really like 
top shot guy, big shot on the top, and and because of substance abuse, he's kind of hit rock bottom, yep. lost like his home, uh, lost uh, just everything that he had, um, and he was in such a dark place that uh, Scott Storrs was in such a dark place that he said that he was just like like really stoned out of his mind and high in his apartment and he would have random people in there just coming in there stealing stuff out of his out of his mansion I mean and uh taking stuff home and he just didn't care because mm. he was just so messed up and yeah. so zooted on 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 what on stuff that he, he had random people living in his house and taking stuff and stealing from him and he just didn't right. care about what was going on and it was one of his friends that kind of came to him and 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 really just got him to see how bad it really was and got him out of that and now he's in a place of of um of just healing and recovery and mm. and uh being back getting back on the horse man and i think that uh we never know how our story can help other people true. um it wasn't until i got in, in into orbit with christians who were really big on embracing pain mm. like being able to be honest about pain mm. that i was able to be honest about my own pain and yeah. uh and yeah, man, I, I just think that that kind of authenticity is how God actually grows us and, and, and how our pain actually gets dealt with. It doesn't get dealt with by just like dismissing it with a bunch of Christianese. You yeah. know what I mean? Agreed. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just Joel, man, if you could, man, just give us some 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 kind of take home. You know what I'm saying? Choose <laughs> to take home with the people, man, about uh, just how we could cope as Christians with dealing with living in a fallen and broken world. Yeah. Disappointment, darkness, pain, tribulation. Yeah. Um, I think we touched on a multitude of different things. Yeah. Um, the first ultimately is, um, you know, trusting Christ, trusting God, um, that he's there. It's funny. I was thinking of John 11. Right. Um, when Lazarus dies, you see Jesus kind of waiting for him to die. So that way he could raise him from the dead. But when Jesus arrives, he sees everyone mourning. Um, and then Jesus weeps alongside them to right. the point where his enemies were like, wow, he really loved that man. Like you can yeah. tell Jesus really loved this man. Um, Jesus is calling us to himself, not to reprimand us for our our struggles with pain or our struggles in it, but to weep with us, to, mm. to, to weep alongside Man. us, to grieve with us. Um, so that, and then the other thing, of course, is finding a good community, a good, healthy community that is looking to not only, you know, tell you the good things about yourself, right. but like to genuinely try to help you um, grow. Right. grow in Christ and then also um, that is willing to sit with you at the bottom of the well that you find yourself in um, that darkness that well of darkness and then the third thing the third and final thing um, counseling yes <laughs> get counseling I'm not saying that because I'm a counseling major um, it's very helpful it is very very fundamental um, I think for anyone any 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 person who if you are breathing counseling is going to help you because there are things that you encounter throughout your life as you grow older that influence your decision making, your your relationships influences everything. Um, and again, man, it's just really sad about Mac Miller. Yeah, um, we're praying for his family, man. Absolutely. And, yeah, and and this is the thing too, man. As Christians, we 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 uh, you, we don't have to be um, dishonest about how hard life is. Hmm. Right. We don't have to dress up the world, act like everything is amazing. Everything is awesome. We know Jesus and everything is great. There's yeah. fireworks and people doing acrobats in the back of us. It's like a Disney intro. We don't have to act like that because the first the, the fact of the matter is the Bible makes it very clear that we are living in a fallen world mm -hmm. and that life is hard and will be hard. Yep. So it's it, it 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 doesn't benefit us to act like that's not true. 
and, and, and to paint this kind of Christian, um, uh, like fantasy. Of Everything's where everything perfect. Is awesome. Praise God, yeah. brother. Everything is amazing. Jesus is on the throne. I never feel sad. Yeah. <laughs> I never go through any pain. I'm never depressed. I'm never in darkness. Hey, I never look that? to other things outside of Jesus to make me feel better about the pain that I'm going through. That's not true. Uh, the Bible, the Bible makes it very clear about the ways in which we need to be encouraged and mm-hmm. the suffering in which we are to endure because it does happen. Yep. Um, that doesn't mean that we are to sit back and be pessimist. That doesn't mean that we cannot be optimistic about the future because we can, because we do have hope in the Lord, but mm-hmm. we can be realistic about what is happening in life. We can say that life is hard. Yep. Um, and, and I think about, we were actually in church talking about um, Joseph and Genesis saying to Pharaoh, when he gets introduced, when he when he asks him how old he is, he 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 tells him his age, and he says that these years have been hard and short, mm. and uh, he was not he is he was not being unrealistic with Pharaoh about how hard life has been for him, mm. and um and that's not what God is calling us to do, and yeah. um we 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 a lot of us have hard lives, life is hard. Suffering and pain is here, but we do have hope in Christ. And yep. one of the ways in which we can really feel that hope is when we are honest about the brokenness in which we experience and that yep. we carry with us on a on a daily basis. Um, yeah, so we love y'all, man. Um, and 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 we just like I said, get counseling, man. Be, be like get around some good brothers that you can be real good brothers and sisters that you can be real with yep. that you can confess your sins and your pain and your hurt to. Mm-hmm. Um, do not despise counseling. Um, and we will we will continue to talk about these things in the future. Um, Absolutely. But we, we, we just love you guys. And um, and uh, if you guys can remember, also keep Mac Miller's family lifted. Um, Absolutely. Uh, that kind of tragic death is not easy for anybody. Um, but we do know that even in the midst of tragedy, that there could be beauty that comes out of it. Absolutely. And um, salvation can come out of that. People getting help with their own issues can come out of that. Yep. And... Um, and God is still reigning and still in control of all things. Still so moving. He's still moving, man. Aslan's on the move. Amen. He is. Aslan is on the move. Y'all don't get that. That's that 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 that's a that's a that's a Narnia reference. <laughs> so y'all boys, yeah. y'all sleep, man. Y'all sleep. Y'all don't care about Jesus for real. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, no, but I love y'all, man. This has been your boy. I mean. This has, been, uh, this has been Joel. Let us know what y'all think about this. We would love to hear more in the comment section, even maybe about your own brokenness, your own darkness, how you've coped with it, yeah. um, and, and, and how the Lord has been able to encourage you in that. So make sure you guys leave comments in the comment section. Like and share the video. We love Absolutely. y'all. Be faithful. Be humble. Be a native. You heard. Peace. Will Will Hunting is like a genius dog from like urban Boston, regular nine to five blue collar worker, but he is a genius dog, and he doesn't understand his own potential. And you, He's basically but you, you a have, sociopath. Yeah, you gotta watch it, dog. It's, it's because really in the movie they make a really good point. I'm not. This doesn't. Gonna, this is not gonna spoil the movie. But in the movie they make a really good point. When Robin Williams talks to that guy from the bar and he starts talking about all the other geniuses and how they went the other way. So he mm-hmm. said, who is Ted Kaczynski? He said, oh, he's the Unabomber. Yeah. And then I actually started looking yeah. up Ted Kaczynski and Ted Kaczynski, like Will Hunting, was like this super freaking genius, mm-hmm. freaking teaching like 
like at like MIT, like the mad genius, but he turned into this sociopath dog that was the Unabomber. And all of these people that became like these terrorists were like these people that were geniuses. And in the movie, he talks about how they like people like like that are geniuses like that. They're on a very thin line between being psychotic, being crazy, and being like good for the, the community. And you can't push them too hard because they can go the other way. And and then he mentioned the Unabomber and stuff, and then I started researching. I was like, oh, snap, I didn't know that Ted Kaczynski was like a genius, mm -hmm. like IQ level, like genius level. Same thing with Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden is IQ genius level, but look at him. Cornell West, look at him. So, like, and you can go either way. Sociopaths are built, too. They it's usually because of their experiences. Uh -huh. So, like, when children suffer tremendous abuse, they tend to deaden their emotions. And then when they become adults, they never learn how to like, empathize. They don't uh, know how to feel. Yeah. And so Goodwill Hunting is very, very accurate, like, the portrayal of yeah. somebody who is struggling with that. Wow. But is also extremely intelligent. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, dog. Yeah, man. yeah, I love that movie, dog. I love that film.